0: Okay, today we're going to be looking at the parable of the rich fool. <laughs> wow, that sounds uh, a little scary, doesn't it? Can you turn to your Bibles, the book of Luke, chapter 12? Luke, chapter 12. And uh, I've, I've uh, sort of, you know, the, the parable itself is uh, a relatively easy parable. understand, and I don't think you'll have any problem getting it, Um, but I've expanded out the the idea that I want to look at today, is about the the idea in all of our lives of being rich toward God. Jesus talks about this in a number of different places, I'm going to look at them here uh, this morning, Uh, the idea that there are earthly riches, or money and things, and there are heavenly riches. And it's a fascinating idea. Oftentimes, uh, when I've read through those passages that talk about this, I sort of read it, but I don't really think about it. Think about the idea that Jesus is talking about. He is saying that it is possible in this life to live in such a way as to be making a deposit into an eternal account in your name. Now that's an interesting idea, right? Probably most everybody here has a bank account. You know what it's like to have a bank account, right? Yeah. We know what it's like to have a bank account that doesn't have much money in it. Sometimes, right? You're like, wow, we, I got an account, but there's not much in it. Maybe some of us have had the, the uh, pleasure of having an account and having some money in it. And you look at that, sometimes you're like, hmm, that's nice, I like that. Well, you, you can have an account here and you can also have an account that's waiting for you on the other side when this life ends and you go to the other side. What an incredible idea. And uh, now I have to tell you that this, this sermon is going to be a challenge to your heart, to the, to the inner person, the inner man, the inner woman, of what you think about things. And what you think about money. And how, uh, you know, uh, you you look at it. Oh, let's have money. The idea is not whether you have it or whether you don't. The issue is, what do you think about it? What's really going on in your mind and heart when when we talk about money or we talk about things? Let's dive into the parable, right? Look over to Luke 12 and verse 13. Luke 12 verse 13. This is one of those passages. It doesn't make any difference if you're the teenagers on the front row, or uh, if you're an old geezer like uh, like Mike over here. <laughs> I, I pick it on Mike. Mike's a stud. He already ran a a race this morning. Uh, so you know he, he's in his sixties. He's on the sixth floor. But uh, you know it doesn't make any difference whether you're young or old. Uh, th- this uh, this is going to work for everybody. Someone in the crowd, don't you like it when someone, someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Hmm. You ever had a time in your life where you said, Mom? And, and you complained about your brother or sister? Tell them to be nice. Tell them to share. Tell them to quit doing this. So just out of the blue, Jesus has someone say, Hey, Jesus, tell my selfish brother to share the inheritance with me. Now look at Jesus' response here. I love his response. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me judge or arbiter between you? you know, what do you bring him into your family spat for? Then he said to them, so he he takes this thing that happens and he doesn't really do anything with it other than say, now since you brought it up, let me make a point here. Watch out! Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Jesus here goes against the grain of what most people then and most people now believe about money and possessions. People believe, sometimes we believe, that money and possessions are going to make my life fantastic. But we see around us oftentimes examples of people who have a lot of money, and a lot of possessions, yet they're not happy. You know, we have a tendency to drive sometimes, all of us, through a nice neighborhood, and you look at those homes and you wonder, man, what what is it like to live in a place like that? What would it be like, and we often think this, and I do too, uh, and so you know, you know, you know I'm, I'm just as normal as you are, you think, wow, what would it be like to own that house? What would it be like to drive that car? Every once in a while I see one and I'm like, you know, and I'm not a car person. A car basically to me is sort of point A, point B. And you guys all know that because, you know, for years, Rosie was my car. And, you know, that was the, the sorriest, sorriest example of a car that could ever be. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, you know, when you name your car Rosie, that, that'll give you a hint. But you, know, uh, but, you know, even I'm not a car person. But every once in a while I'll see a car and I'm like, Dang. That car right there. That looks nice. And we, we, whether it's subconscious or whether we know we shouldn't, we, we have a tendency to think, if I had more money, if I had more things, or if I had those things, I would be happy. You guys with me? Yeah. You're looking at me like, no, nah, I would never think that. Yeah. Listen, I know some of you guys, so don't, don't try to fake it. He says, A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his blessings. And he goes right into a parable. And then he told them this parable. It's amazing how Jesus can take a a thing and just, bam, right into a story that, that, you know, is going to illustrate whatever point he wants to bring out. He told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man. So this is a rich farmer. The ground of a certain rich man provided a good crop, or produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crop. He had such a bumper crop. He had such a huge year. He didn't have enough storage space for the crop to bring in and to store. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself... You have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself... But it's not rich toward God. A very, very understandable... I don't think many of us here are farmers or grew up on a farm. I didn't grow up on a farm. I grew up in a a farming community. And so I understand the concept. I think even if you didn't grow up in a farming community, you understand the concept of the story. Farmer has a fantastic crop. He says, I don't have enough storage space. Here's what I'll do I'll tear down my storage and my barns that I have now. I'll build bigger ones and I'll bring it all in. And then I'll say, Man, I've got life beat. I'm going to take it easy. I'm not going to work hard anymore. Life is going to be all fun now. I'll eat, drink, and be merry. And God says to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. You know, there's one of the things about, about that comment that haunts all of us. Is that we have no idea when our life will be demanded from us. Right, yeah. We have no idea when our day, of, of uh, our coming up day, yeah. is going to be. You know, even uh, just this last week... Uh, I, I heard about a young lady that was having a baby and I, I think I'm tuned into this idea of having a baby because uh, my uh, my son and his wife uh, just had a baby. She was having a baby and she died. At UCLA Hospital. This is not some little hospital out in some dinko nowhere that didn't have proper uh, uh, staff and, and, and equipment. You know, when you think of someone dying in childbirth, you think of... Of, of people back a uh, hundred or, or 150 years ago, that kind of thing happened when someone was having a baby uh, in, in a house, sat in the middle of nowhere, and had complications and died. This is this is in the modern era. This is this week. I'm sure that woman didn't think I'm going to carry this baby and die, giving it life. We have no idea. When calamity might come into our life that may even require of our life. We don't know how this came about, but this, this very night, your life's going to be demanded. Then how are you? You're out of it. What are you going to do? Then who will get what you prepared for yourself? Now Jesus pivots here. This is an interesting thing. Because it started out with one man coming to Him saying, tell my brother to share... The inheritance. One guy is is what started this. But look what Jesus says in verse 21 This is how it will be with anyone. Jesus goes from a a one person question about sharing the inheritance of their family to a, a principle for everybody, for me, for you, all time. This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich. Toward God. And so, this parable, this concept, this teaching of Jesus is not just for this one guy who came up and said, Jesus, tell my brother to share. Jesus says, this is how it's going to be with anybody that lives this kind of life. And he makes this comment about who stores up things for himself but is not rich toward God. And that's where we come to this idea of the account you have now and the account that you potentially can have in heaven, on the other side, waiting for you that you're laying up now by the life that you're living now. Look over to Matthew chapter 6. So Jesus talks about this in the, the great Sermon on the Mount. And He says some really interesting things about it. This idea of your heavenly account. All right. Go, Martin. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19. Do not. This is part of the uh, uh, Sermon on the Mount where he does a lot of do nots. (laughs) And uh, he's on a do not here. In verse 19. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But, and here it is. Store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now let's look at this passage and think about this a little bit. He's talking about things on earth where moth and rust perhaps could destroy or where thieves could break in and steal. You ever had someone steal something of yours? Yeah. happened so I'll never forget, you know, about a year and a half ago, uh, you know, our car being stolen. Yeah. That was quite a moment. You know, you came out, where's the car? Huh. <laughs> oh. somebody stole it, I guess, and it was it was gone. You know, what what a what a weird feeling of you know, someone uh, someone came right in our driveway, you know, right in front of our house and took our car. Wow, that that's amazing. You know, some of us have experienced things in life like that where things are stolen. Someone ever steal something? Anybody have a, a remembrance of someone stealing something of yours? Yeah. yeah. What do you got, Rob? Yeah, I had my, my uh, I had a Kawasaki Ninja motorcycle stolen right out of my driveway. Okay. <laughs> people in Miami. Miami people. <laughs> okay. Uh, people the people in Florida, you know how that goes. Yeah, Yvonne. Wallet taken at the restaurant <laughs> my Ooh, okay. You stole your purse and your wallet? Yeah. I came home with Trina, and when I opened my door in my apartment, it was all uh really? car, My TV and a bunch of other stuff was all taken. Okay. Yeah, back in the back. Uh, Francine stole my heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, give it back! <laughs> <laughs> Way to go! Back to the subject matter we're covering. Yeah. A bike stolen, but the hardest one was a video camera with the videos of the kids when they were babies. Okay. And uh, boy, lot. Yeah. Uh, I was held at gunpoint, and uh, my mother stole my mother's car was stolen. Wow. Ooh frightening a thing. Yeah, John? No, John Christian, uh, my co uh, uh, actually uh, stole my car from my house. Okay, so you and I uh, can understand that. A lot of other hands here. Yeah, I mean, we, we uh, we're, we're uh, at least familiar with the idea of having something stolen from you uh, that we think of uh, of some value where moth and rust you know, destroy. You ever have something that's worth uh, a lot to you and you know, over time it just uh, sort of wears out, yeah. you know, wrath or, you know, that, that kind of thing. Jesus says, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal for your treasures, are your heart will be also. There's a concept, and we're going to look at another passage here in a moment, that's going to give us some very specific ideas of how we need to live to be making deposits into this account. But Jesus is very clear. I mean, this is Matthew 6, that He talks about it, in Luke 12, He said that same thing. This is a spiritual reality. I want to ask you, how much do you have in your account right now? Are you making deposits on any regular basis? Now Jesus goes on in this Matthew six passage, and, and he uses in a, another sort of a parable here. He says, "The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body is full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness." And then the light within, if the light then within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Jesus here is talking about spiritual darkness, blindness. He actually talks about this quite often as well. The idea of being spiritually blind or spiritually not getting it. Some of you are here today. You're spiritually dull. You're spiritually blinded. You don't get it. There was a time for most of us in our life. We didn't get it. Right, Yeah. We were blinded to it. Why don't you do something here to illustrate what's going on here? Your eyes are open right now, and so you you are you are influenced by light. Since your eyes are open, your whole body is full of light. Close your eyes. You close your eyes and everything is dark. It's still there. But you don't know that it's there. Because you can't see it. Okay, go ahead and open your eyes. You open your eyes, and you're like, oh yeah, there it is. I can see it. If you're spiritually blind today, if you're spiritually dark today, if you're spiritually you're just not feeling it, pray to God that God will open your eyes. Pray to God that your sense of of sensitivity to spiritual things can become real. It will amaze you, the moment, and you will will even remember it for years and years to come, the moment that your eyes opened. The moment that, oh my gosh, I see it. I get it. It's clear now. That's what Jesus is talking about, that spiritual kind of uh, openness that that you need to have to even understand this. You know, for a lot of people, they say, this is just This is rubbish. Life is about getting all you can, getting more toys than anybody else. Doesn't make any difference how you get it, what you do to get it, what you do to people to get it. It's about me and mine. And everybody else better get out of the way. There comes a time for many, many people when they realize, oh my gosh, I've wasted my life. I've spent my time, I've spent my energy, and what do I have to show for it? A house full of people that hate each other. Those beautiful homes we drive by and sometimes wonder what's going on in those homes. I'm telling you, you don't want to know what's going on in some of those homes. the lives of the people in those homes, those, those, those wonderful homes that we look at and think, man, it must be wonderful, full of empty. Many times people that can't stand each other and can't wait to get away from each other. Jesus says, as He goes on, no one can serve two masters. This is the truth. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You cannot have a dual service of what's the most important thing to you. You know, money in and of itself is not good or bad, it's neutral. The issue is not money. The issue is what is your heart. Remember I told you I'm going to talk about your heart. What do you think about your money? What do you think about your things? Are your things tools? Or are they trophies? Is it wrong to have a nice car? No. Is it wrong to have a nice house? No. Is it wrong to have nice things? No. But are they tools? Or are they trophies? Jesus says you can't serve both. You cannot have it both ways. You cannot have a love for God and an equal love for things in the world. It can't happen, Jesus said. This is a spiritual impossibility. Your life is either about God loving God and doing God's will, or it's about you and yours and mine. It can't be either one. That's why Jesus says in Luke nine twenty three, "If anyone would come after me, what's the first thing he says? You must deny what yourself." yourself. The fundamental ABCs of following Jesus is that you have got to get that on first and foremost. If you're going to love God, you've got to love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. You can't have it both ways. It can't be both ways. And I'm telling you, in all of our life, in all of our lives... It is a daily battle. Is Jesus going to be Lord? Or am I going to be Lord? You know, Jesus goes on here. This is a fantastic passage. Therefore, whenever there's a therefore, it's because of what was said, now I'm leading into this. I've set it up, what I'm going to say with what I just said. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry. season he's in the do nots. <laughs> do not worry about your life. What you'll eat or drink or your body, what you'll wear. Isn't life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Jesus says it is. There's a more important life out there than just things. He says, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns that your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not much more valuable than they? That should be encouraging for all of us. We're more valuable than birds. <laughs> Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Yeah. Now obviously no, none of us can. Nobody can. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass in the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much clothe, more, and more clothe you or you of little faith? So do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear. For the pagans run after all these things and listen to this. Listen to this. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. God knows what we need. He's much more concerned about what we need than what we want. You may need a car. You may not need a quarter million dollar car. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I love that. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. Seek primarily is what He's saying. First priority. His kingdom and His righteousness and, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I've got that underlined. Each day has enough trouble of its own. It's an understanding of life is that something is always going to happen. <laughs> it's always something. That's in my book. <laughs> Jesus teaching some very practical very personal teaching here. What does it mean to follow him? What is the heart that you need to have? Look over to First Timothy chapter six. We're going to, get, we're going to put some uh, some uh, practicality on this. Okay, First 1 Timothy chapter six and verse seventeen. We're going to begin now. Remember, the book of 1 Timothy is the Apostle Paul writing to a young minister, and he's teaching him and telling him how to lead the church, and how to be a minister. You're going to love this in verse 17. Command. Oh my goodness, you mean a minister is supposed to command? (laughs) Yeah, sometimes. Teach. Encourage. Command. There's a lot of things that a minister needs to do to faithfully execute the responsibility of being a minister. Command those who are rich. Oh my goodness, we're, we're just going to call them out. Command those who are rich in this present world to not be arrogant. Now why would a rich person be arrogant? Because they're rich. Because <laughs> they get a lot of money. And they have a tendency, a temptation. Because they have a lot of money to look down on people who don't have a lot of money. Well, your problem is you're just lazy. You don't work hard. And you know, and they may have got their money because their dad and gave it to them. You know, they didn't do anything anyway. But we don't know how they got their wealth. But anyway, he says, don't be arrogant, and to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Wow. Let's read that again. What does God do? He richly provides us with everything for for our enjoyment. God wants us to have a big time Amen. in life. He wants us to be happy. He wants us to have an enjoyable life. You know, some people, you know, they think, well, I don't know. You know, I'd like to become a Christian, like to be saved. That sounds good. But man, the Christian life doesn't look like much fun. Mm. Well, then they're not doing it well. <laughs> Because God wants us to have a life of enjoyment. Now look at this. Command them to do good. So how do you make a deposit in your account? Your heavenly account. Command them to do good. To be rich in good deeds. Good things they do. To be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up a treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the age to come so that they may take hold of life that is truly life. Okay, let's get practical here. How do we make deposits into the eternal account that is in your name? It's up there. What's in it? Just because you've got an account doesn't mean there's anything in it. Have you ever had an account that didn't have anything in it? (laughs) I have. You know? You you have an account, but there's just not much money in it. Just enough money to, to, you know, keep it from being, you know, charged every month. (laughs) If you know what I mean. You you, you know what I'm saying? I think Wells Fargo, my savings account... Uh, is uh, if it goes under $300, then it, they, they charge me every month. Instead of giving me interest, they charge me. And so I've had that account down, I have to tell you sometimes, to like 302. Because <laughs> didn't have any money in it, but I had a savings account. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, how do you get your, your heavenly account to have some, some, uh, some uh, money in it? It says that they need to do good, and that's pretty broad, isn't it? Let's fill in the blanks. What is doing good? Helping others. Helping others. What else? Some of you guys have taught in the uh, kids' kingdom classes. Is that doing good? That's doing good. Some of you haven't done that. Perhaps you need to do that. You need to make a deposit teaching the kids kingdom uh how about getting to church early is that doing good yeah. it's a good thing we don't get money taken out of our uh, account <laughs> uh, when we're not at church on time right wow. yeah. yeah some of you your your account balance would have been going down today <laughs> but getting to church on time being disciplined in a broader sense what else doing good Serving the poor, helping out with people. We have any poor people in L.A.? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hard to miss them? You say, well, you know, I just don't want to get involved. Well, perhaps you should. If you want to have anything in your account, you should start doing good. Anything else? Any, any other ideas? Doing good. How about if you know someone's had a hard day? Had a hard week. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, uh, the young woman I talked about dying in childbirth? It's Amy's cousin. Maybe today would be a good day to go up to Amy and say, hey, I love you, man. I'm sorry for the loss in your, in your family. They'd be doing good, wouldn't it? Yeah. I bet it would be. Any other ideas of doing good? Okay, spending time with people. Carving out of your schedule. I knew a Christian once that uh, decided that when he mowed his lawn, that he'd just mow his neighbor's lawn. He said, I'm mowing the lawn anyway, I'll just, I'll mow his. And so he just started doing it. Just doing good. Yeah, I see a hand back there. Being I'm sorry? Being kind. <laughs> Being what? Being kind, okay. <laughs> yeah, being kind, being nice, uh, especially when we're driving, right? <laughs> and going back to Rob's sermon, you know. Uh, yeah, we, we 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 all we all related. We there were way too many of us that related with Rob on that sermon, you know. That's, that's, uh, Okay, so doing good, command them to be good, to be rich in good deeds, to be rich in good deeds, rich in. He seems like he thinks we ought to do more than one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I remember once—that uh, was a long time ago. I, I, uh, I did something nice, uh, but to be rich in good deeds, to be generous, generous with who, or whom, and with what. Time, money, effort. Time, money, tipping. tipping. I brought this up a couple weeks ago uh, in, in, in things. I think as, as Christians, as children of God... Man, we ought to be some of the most. We ought to be some of the best tippers in in, uh, in our community. When we go to a restaurant, they they ought to they ought to know who we are about the third time we come in, and be they, the, the 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 people that are waiting on the tables ought to be saying, "Hey, that's my table." Right. Because they know that you're a generous person, and that you're not going to you know stiff them. But you're known for generosity, okay? So, so, any other generosities, other than just tipping? Your effort, your passion. Your effort, your passion. Okay, things that you do. Yes, sir. Donations. I'm sorry. Donations to like uh, to something that benefits other people. Okay, and generous with, with your praise of other people. Yes. and if it's helping them out with um, making sure that they're prepared for a test. Just putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I, I want to challenge the church here on this concept. Being generous with your praise. Yeah. I, I thought Peter and, and the, uh, the gang, uh, uh, the, the singers and the other musicians today, man, when they sang Holy, 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 I thought, wow, that That is fantastic. So proud uh, that, you know, it's great to sing the new songs and all that, and I'm all for the new songs. uh, But man, let's not walk away from uh, those hymns that are so rich and so meaningful. How how many of you have gone up to Peter, uh, to John, uh, to the others and said, thanks, you do a great job being generous with our praise? I want to encourage parents to be generous in your praise to your children. Man, you're, you look good. Man, you're, you're smart. Uh, find things to be generous in your praise to your children. Build them up. I'm telling you, they, 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 the children, uh, when they go to school and the experiences of life that they deal with, they're, they're getting whacked all the time. They're getting the message all the time that you're not smart, that you're not cool, that you're not creative, that you're, you're lacking this, you're lacking that. Man, what they ought to be getting at home is an overdose from us of praise and appreciation and, and, and finding things to be positive about with our children. And children, teens, how about two-way street? Mom, thanks for dinner. That was great. That was really good. Really enjoyed that. That was super. You know, mom needs that. Dad needs that. Dad, you did a great job, you know, doing whatever dad did. Uh, you know. Uh, and, <laughs> and, 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 and being positive. You know, a lot of times you think, well, my dad's such a, you know, knucklehead. You know, I, 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 you know. You know. Well, you know what? If you start saying a couple nice things to him every once in a while, he might melt a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean if, 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 if you really think that people don't like you, it's hard to like them. i got to tell you, I don't know of many people that like me that I don't like them. And you, you ask yourself that same question. If you think someone likes you, you almost always like them. But the other side is true also. If you think someone doesn't like you, then you don't like them. Like, you're a knucklehead. I don't care what you think. Get away from me. Because all you get from them is negative. Be generous in your praise. Be generous in your encouragement to all around. So, rich in good deeds, generous and willing to share. You know, most of the stuff you have isn't worth much anyway. Be, be willing to share I mean come on let's get real be willing for other people to have the things that you have being generous and willing to share when we do that we're making deposits into our eternal bank account I hope today has been challenging for you I mean if this didn't hit at your heart a little bit you're not paying attention It should hit at our hearts. It should cause us to think and to pause. And hopefully it should also cause us to make decisions. I want to be a better form of me. You know, life is not a competition. You're not trying to be better than the other person around you. But you do need to think, I need to be a better part of me. I need to be a better uh, uh, form of me. I can do better than this. It's the thing that you ought to look at in your life and say, you know, I can make improvement. A passage like this, a challenge like this, is 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 a good one for all of us. And let's build up those bank accounts, brothers and sisters. Yeah. Let's make sure that when we get to the other side, we got a lot that we've been tr- uh, putting up treasures uh, in heaven for us. By the way, uh, great to see Mike and Naomi back from the honeymoon. Hope you guys had a great time and. Uh, Certainly proud of you getting married. Let's have a great week. And remember, next Sunday, for the marrieds that are at the, the re- retreat, you're out there. All the other English speakers will be over in Glendale and the, the spanish speaking service to be here. Love you guys. Let's have a great week.